This is Seeking Sustainable Travel, or as I've been calling it recently, Sustainable Travel Japan. And today I have once again, uh, Kim Barduel joining, originally from Canada, now based in Hiroshima for a long time. Now, Kim, thank you so much for joining again today. You're welcome. It's great to be here again. <laughs> and I really feel like after going through all your amazing photos that we could spend hours and hours talking about <laughs> all the amazing off the beaten track, travel unusual places uh, in nature, having family adventures. You guys have done so much. Can you talk a little bit about how you guys choose where to go? How do you do your research? How do you get around? Sure. Well, um, we're really trying to make the most of our weekends here. So, you know, I've had some people ask like, do you guys work? Are you always on vacation? <laughs> but yes, with some good planning, we can really make the most of the weekends. So usually um, I keep a list of places that I'm interested in going. And I just like, whenever I see something, I just put it on that on my phone on the list that I have. And uh, then do a little more research on maps and how to get there and whatnot. But I guess, um, First, we started with Get Hiroshima, of course, and we looked at all of the places there, and uh, you know they were all on our list. So, kind of still ticking those off one by one. Um, but then Instagram as well, just looking at people who are living in this area and where they're going, what they're doing, um, and taking some notes down, and then doing further research. Also, too, my husband um, drives a lot in the countryside. It's part of his job. So he often spots places that he wants to explore. <laughs> so he'll kind of take a note of that and think, oh, let's go back there on the weekend and, and check it out and see what's there. So yeah, that's what I usually do. That's awesome. Uh, you guys are originally from Canada, right? Uh, you're originally from Canada. Your husband's yep. from Brazil. Yep. Uh, you have a very international family focus, um, but you're really enjoying traveling around the countryside and rural locations in Japan. It's always wonderful to follow your travels. I just realized today that the three people who are co-piloting this Setuchi Focus this week, you're all from Canada. It's just oh, by really? coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I knew Allison was, but yeah, oh, that's yeah. funny. That's really interesting. It never happens like that. Um, uh, let's just start with things you can do in the city in Hiroshima city that people might not know about. So uh, on the top, you've got the bamboo forest in Shukayan Gardens, which is really yeah. near the station. You've got Moto Ujina, which is at the Ujina port, which mm -hmm. is really not far from the city center. And you've got the Echorium, a garbage waste facility, which is yeah. so artistic <laughs> and beautiful. Yes. Um... All of those things were wonderful. Let's start with the garbage facility, the incineration plant maybe, because I had been meaning to go there for years. And it's just, it's it's by the water. And you know, people think garbage, they think bad smell, um, but actually it doesn't smell at all. It's very modern, very clean. Um, it's great for taking pictures. It's really um, an interesting space. Actually, the architect who designed that, I believe did like the Museum of Modern Art in New York City. Like he's done some really big projects. 
So very cool that we have that in the city. Um, and also in there, there is uh, like a guide to how it works. So there's a series of screens you can press that kind of give you visual models of how um, the garbage is incinerated there. So there's lots of facts as well. Um, and if you don't speak Japanese, you can just use a translator app on your phone to kind of figure that out because it, it's worthwhile spending a bit of time there. It's very cool. Also outside by the water is very nice there. Um, it's just such yeah. a beautifully designed building and it's not something that you would expect from a garbage center. Um, I, I went once or twice and the inside that we're showing here was not open, but even if you're just able to see the park area, you're on the water and the outside of the building is also very artistic and very beautifully designed, right? It is. Yeah. It's just gorgeous. Um, I think it's regularly open, so you should be able to get in there if it's before five o'clock, I think seven days a week now so it must have been some strange exception when you were there because yeah you can usually get in but oh, um that's good to hear because i did talk yeah. through the intercom and i said can't i come in and he's like no not today do you have a reservation and i was like no <laughs> so i hope it's i hope it's easier now because it I, yeah. I was i was a bit worried that it was becoming difficult so that's good to hear right yeah um and actually there's a lot to do in that area as well. So really close to that incineration plant is a great chocolate shop. Um, Ritz Chocolate, have you been there? Yes, yes, yes. Wow. We, have, we reviewed it on Get Hiroshima. A really interesting guy. He's really into music. So yes. he designed his chocolate bars uh, to look like little cassette tapes. And he actually has them in his original design cassette covers and stuff. It's a really yeah. interesting place. It is interesting. It? And they've got yeah. like, a lot, like the, the um, chocolate he buys, it's all single origin. So it's kind of cool. I'm not sure of the type of relationship he has with the chocolate producers, um, but I think it might be direct because it sounds like he's buying it directly from certain producers. Yeah, um, I should. This is a good time to mention, um, Kim, you and your husband Arnaldo are very uh, knowledgeable and into the fair trade, direct trade, uh, supporting producers abroad, even for imports in Japan. Can you just speak on that a little bit? Because that's not something we've touched on in the show yet. Yeah, um, well, my husband used to work in fair trade when we were in Canada. He worked for an organization, a nonprofit organization called 10,000 Villages, um, which is also in the States, um, actually started there. Uh, unfortunately, that nonprofit is no longer operating in Canada. Um, so it's really sad. It's, it's terrible because they had a long-term relationship with many producers um, and uh, they did have an online shop for a while, but you know, times have been rough lately and uh, it en they ended up closing in Canada, but I do know that it still operates in the US. But anyway. Have you, have you noticed in Japan, have you been able to find places that are doing direct trade and fair trade? Because I found a few, but not too many. Yeah, well, actually the last time we lived in Japan, um, I think it was in about 2015, Arnaldo, my husband, went to Kumamoto because they had the World Fair Trade event there. 
So World Fair Trade Organization event there. And Kumamoto does seem to be very forward thinking. There's a woman there who's been working tired, tirelessly for years to bring more fair trade we're to gonna, Japan. We're going to have to do a special on Kumamoto with you. Uh, to bring it back to Hiroshima, because today's yes, focus right. is Hiroshima. Yes. Uh, so, at, the airport, at the airport, there's another chocolate company run by Ushio Chocolate, and they also do direct trade for the chocolate and cashews. So oh, I know yes. I know there are a few um, yeah. really good uh, companies in Hiroshima, but let's get back to travel. I want to have you okay. on again and talk more about the fair trade stuff fair for trade. sure. sure. Yeah. Um, let's but go to Bihoku. Bihoku uh, is somewhere that you've been a few times, I think, as a family. Yeah, yeah. It's just a really, I mean, we have a daughter who's nine years old and it's a really fun place to bring kids. Um, it's a super large area, lots of room to run around, big grassy areas. Um, it's a really big space. The different times of year, they have different types of flowers. They have a big flower garden there. Um, so they do sunflowers and tulips at different times of year. Uh, another nice thing, there's like an area of cottage-like places that you can go into and do different crafts with your kids. So depending on the season, like if it's, um, if it's Tanabata, you can make stars or, or uh, whatever, things to hang on the, the bamboo and make wishes and whatnot. But they always seem to have crafts related to the season. So that's kind of fun. I love mm -hmm. that. I love this picture that we have here of yours. Uh, all these pictures, by the way, are taken by Kim and on your Instagram and Facebook. They're just gorgeous mm -hmm. photos. Kim, I want to work with you and make a photo book of different areas of Japan that you guys have been because I have oh, been to these awesome. places and I do not have photos like this. Like these oh, are beautiful, exceptional. <laughs> and here... In the koi pond at Bihoku Park, you can see the reflection of the Tanabata streamers. So people make a wish and put it on uh, bamboo poles. And you can see that reflected here in the koi pond. It's just beautiful. Yes. Yeah. And that's one of the crafts that was going on while we were there. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Uh, let's go. Let's just mention the Unko event. That oh, right. you because I think that's good to mention that it's not your typical Hiroshima event. Hiroshima has some fun and funky and modern events too. Tell us about the Unko event. Yeah, so we were looking um, for things to do in the city. And like we mentioned, there, there was a lot to do in the city. And this event came to um, an area called Marine Hop which actually is a pretty cool area on its own. It's nice to walk around there. They have some really great gelato. And in the summertime, by the water on the steps, they do these fun projections with electronic music. So it's really fun to go there. My daughter danced for hours there. But yes, so when I saw the Unco event was there, I knew that we had to go. And uh, I still don't think, well, Unco, for anybody who doesn't know, is poo. Um, and so kawaii, so it's uh, supposed to be cute, but I'm still not sure that I think poo is cute <laughs> even after going to that. Um, it was a really small um, museum, but it was a lot of fun with a lot of interactive activities. So there is this one area with a microphone and a big screen and you had to yell unko as loud as you could. <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, you would get a big unco that dropped down. And unfortunately, ours was only the size of an elephant. Um, but the people who went after us, I think theirs was as tall as, uh, I think it was the, <laughs> the Statue of Liberty or something like that. That is hilarious. And that is, that is something to remember. I mean, for people traveling around Japan, just have a sense of humor because you are going to see some very strange things sometimes. <laughs> and, you know, it reminds you. And I think the image before people come is Japanese people are very serious. And uh, it is not true. Japanese people have a great sense of humor and they're very matter of fact about uh, bodily functions. Yes, like, yes, like definitely. Like, and there is a cartoon about a bum, right? <laughs> and this is actually connected to sustainability, I have to say, because I did have a great talk with Asby Brown about the Edo period and how in old Japan, they used to have poo was a commodity. And you would have people coming to your neighborhood to collect your poo because then it was reutilized in the fields and actually helped them grow vegetables. And, you know, so oh, it, it was right. part of the circular economy. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. So that's where the fascination likely started. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's go to Moto Ujina because mm -hmm. you've you've got some great insights from there that I think people wouldn't realize if they just go down to the port area. Tell us yeah. about like the granite area, the geopark and the I, views. I love this area. And, you know, it's actually a really easy place for people to go um, who visit Hiroshima. There's lots of bike rentals available right now and just riding out there along the river is beautiful and that picture you're showing of the seawall um totally reminds me of vancouver where i used to live but um that picture you can ride your bike all along there so it's really really nice beautiful sunsets there um and yeah the geopark is incredible it's um you know that area was created 85 million years ago and all along that route, that seawall, they have, like you can see in that picture, they have little plaques and the plaques show um, how those rocks were formed. You can see those ones are kind of like blocks just built up on each other, right? Um, so you can learn a lot. You can learn about like how a dike is formed, how, you know, how these rock formations came to be. So it's pretty cool. And yeah, there's there's usually some vines hanging down. There's lots of vines in the trees and you can just jump on those and have a swing. <laughs> so it's a pretty fun place to go. Um, the beach is nice too. There's often people there collecting, uh, I don't know, crabs or shells or um yeah i, guess I well, also also plastic garbage there is a very active group that goes down almost every day and collects the wow. plastic garbage off of the beach it's a bunch of people who live around the area and uh, a photographer actually quite a famous photographer for the hiroshima area he is part of the organizing group and uh, they pick up a lot there so if oh, you if you do go next to the seawall, you might see it all piled up. That's yeah, that's, I have. that's really bags. thanks to all their good work. They're they're there oh, cleaning great. all the time. Yeah, that's amazing. amazing. Yeah, the last um, we we had some interesting comments. Okay, says nothing beats sitting on a colorful toilet. Yes, 
A uh, good thing I ate already. I wouldn't call that a commodity. JJ is a trip. She has a good sense of humor. She can discuss the most gross thing and make it sound elegant. Thank you. Thank you so that's yeah, I, that's what I'm going for. Very nice. But Moto Ujina, yeah, because it's a. I think one of the wonderful things about Hiroshima is it's easy to get out to the outer islands and explore. And so if yeah. you go to the outer islands, you're going to be in this Ujina port area anyway. And so it's a nice area to walk around. Even if you don't take a ferry, it's a great area to hang out. You got people down there fishing and hanging out as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. And if you just, you know, want a city break, it's a great place to go. Like bring your lunch, sit there and on the sand. And yeah, it's, it's really lovely. And I didn't realize that about the geopark. So that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. All right, yeah. let's go to uh, Mikura Dake. You say it's one of your favorite places in Japan. Oh, it's my favorite place. Yes, I love it there. I absolutely love it. I love those three peaks. I just feel like there's a lot of good energy there. Um, and there's, you know, gr a great hiking trail through there. Um, we we tend to do the same one every time. <laughs> but there are, I think, maybe two or three different courses there. And the view from the top is pretty spectacular as well. Um, it's a bit of a challenging hike. It doesn't take that long, but um, it's a bit of a challenge. Uh, you do need to use some chains that are attached uh, to the rock there to kind of pull yourself up in certain parts. Um, so I would say, yeah, like it's moderate to, it's not difficult. It's, it's a moderate kind of level, I would say. You do need to be in pretty good shape and not have any fear of heights to get yourself up there to the top. <laughs> um, yeah, we well, were there recently. Well, you used to do rock climbing, right? Both you and Arnaldo, is that right? Well, I did just a little bit, um, but Arnaldo used to go there and rock climb all the time. So there's several different routes there. And I went with him there several times and he's brought lots of our friends to that area as well to rock climb. So yeah, if that's something you're into, that's a great place to do it. It's all set and yeah, their courses are there. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, mm -hmm. Let's talk about another park outside of the city, Mominoki Park. Mominoki Park. Oh, yes, yes. That's great. Um, that's a really, really lovely park. It has a wonderful playground. Like, it's not a playground. It's like a series of stages. Like, there's 10 different areas, and you kids can go through and try all the different activities and they're all made of like wood or bamboo and um they're you it's it's a lot of fun um it's kind of a challenge you have to try and go through there and complete the challenge so uh we went with, with these kids um, for a birthday. So that was a lot of fun, but there's a lot of other things to do in that park as well. Um, there's big grassy areas, you can picnic there, but there's also this uh, forest adventure area, which is high zip lining, which I'm hoping we can do this fall. So I haven't been, been to that yet, but that's something I'd like to do. So wow, yeah, that, that's, that's like good. a full day of activities for sure if you have kids. Yeah, wonderful. Mm -hmm. And it's such a beautiful area. I just and love seeing far. you guys getting out to all these natural areas and just enjoying a few hours or the day there. So you are doing drives, but once you drive there, you are spending time. 
And I think yeah. this, is, this is one of the sustainable travel focuses, right? Don't just spend most of your day in the car, going place to place, taking a quick photo and leaving. Like drive somewhere where you can walk around, you can spend time, right? Yeah, it's way more relaxing that way <laughs> as well. Um, but definitely. And I think it like actually Arnaldo just told me this quote from Paulo Coelho the other day. I can't remember the actual words, but I remember the gist of it. And it's something like, um, you know, if you go explore a place, go back again and spend twice as much time there because you'll notice so much more and things that you haven't seen before. And, you know, I really think that's true um, to just to travel slow, travel slow and really look around and explore. Yeah. And even when we're driving through the countryside to get to places, we do look for things like, oh, there's a bunch of cars. Why are there so many cars there? Where are those people? <laughs> and then maybe we'll stop and see, and it could be like a great swimming spot or something. So it's a little detour, but someplace where we'll get to spend time. Yeah, awesome. Uh, let's talk about Onomichi, because I think Onomichi is somewhere that people have heard about. Um, but you guys always seem to get off the regular tracks or the, the tourist spots and get to the back streets and have some beautiful experiences. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, if you're in, in good health, don't bother with them, sorry, but don't bother with the cable car because it's so nice to just walk up there and go slow and just wander around like all those little alleys and whatnot and um, yeah, you can find some beautiful viewpoints. Um, there's little cafes and things which have generally not been open recently because of COVID, but um, when they are, it's nice to stop for a coffee or cake when you're up there. Um, I love I love going to Onomichi. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful spot. There's a really big park um, at the top of the mountain there, uh, which has beautiful um, blooms during Sakura season. So yeah, that's a really good time to visit. Mm -hmm. But Onomichi, the town too, there's so much good food there. Like, so it's, it's really um, nice to visit some of the restaurants. There's a falafel shop, which wow. I, I found out from your post, Joy. Yeah, good. Well, I've always, as as an another vegetarian family besides us, I'm so happy to hear that you've found these vegetarian vegan places as well, because it is hard to find. Yeah, and there's that um, great pizza place, Tranquilo in Onamuchi. Wasn't that good? But, um, yeah, I love that. They do the vegetarian pizza with a chickpea, like there's no sauce. It's like a chickpea sauce that they create yeah. that's used instead of a tomato sauce and you know that's something i think i want to try at home because what a great idea to create a sauce from chickpeas Fantastic so, yeah, idea. There's, there's also a great dango shop near that tranquilo <laughs> yeah, yeah so kind of looking for those um you know interesting food places as well is always fun yeah i, I do most often pack a lunch or pack a picnic but um, when we're going someplace with like a, where there's a city like Onomichi, then I want to try to eat there at the restaurants and whatnot. But countryside's usually packed lunch. Now, it seems like we have some uh, people live with us here who are very hungry. Yasmin and OK are talking about falafel and hummus. Oh. But they also ask, where's the nearest curry house? Now, if you're a vegetarian, 
you will want to know about Coco's Ichibana, the curry chain, because they have a lot of vegan vegetarian options now. It's yeah, one, of, one of the best chains in Japan, and we have a lot of them in Hiroshima. So if we're traveling, that's always something we're looking for if we're hungry, because we know they're going to have something filling and tasty, right? Yes, yes, definitely. Uh, yeah, they're they're saying Japanese food is one of the easiest to turn vegan or vegetarian. Really, I wish you would talk to some restaurants oh, here. Thank I know, you I for saying not, that. You know, <laughs> I think it's not that difficult if if people understood the concept better. I mean, it, it's really not. We went to this incredible restaurant on the weekend, and it's the first place I've been to in Japan. It's not in Hiroshima, but when we inquired if there was meat in a dish, we were actually asked if we were vegan. And that's the yes. first time that's ever happened to me in Japan. That's always and, the happiest question for me. Yeah. It's not like, what does that mean? It's like, oh, what kind of vegan? What kind of vegetarian? Yay! Yeah. Uh, awesome. Uh, and so there are more and more options recently, for sure. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's go to Miyoshi, because you oh. have had some beautiful uh, photographs from the galleries, the art museums, and also the winery and the winery playground. <laughs> yeah, I love Miyoshi. So um, what you're seeing there is a museum. And what is the artist's name? Oh, my gosh. Am I going to be able to think of it? Do you remember Ganso? So, oh, what is his name? Um Sayume Ganso, I think, is the artist. So yes, that's his name. And this is his museum, basically. And he was obsessed with the moon. So it's really cool. Every, every time there is a full moon, in the picture you're showing right now, the full moon sets right in the middle of that. So the museum stays open until 9 o'clock at night. And I really want to go back sometime at night. I don't know if it will be possible. But, um, yeah, I think it would just be really cool to be there and see the moon um, apparently reflects in that pool. So that would be a pretty cool thing to do. But a lot of his pictures, a lot of his art are really large-scale paintings. And um, the moon is predominantly featured in them. Uh, the moon is in that photo, too. You can't see it here. It's up in the left-hand cor corner, but it's in there. Um, and in that last picture you showed, that's outside the museum. Also another moon. Yes, that one right there, right? So you can really tell that he was obsessed with the moon. The museum also has his wife's work, um, which is a lot of Buddhist-like sculptures. Um, interesting. interesting as well yeah and isn't it near the winery it's I think directly we, across the we street did, okay we did the winery and the park and the museum at the same time as well I believe yeah because yeah. it's all in one area right and yeah the um winery you can oh, the park is hilarious it's got a wine theme so <laughs> there's cheese and wine and corkscrews and um it, there's a, a glass with like bubbles coming out of it. And it, it's kind of funny that the, you know, there's uh, barrels as well that kids can climb on. So it's, it's pretty funny that there's a wine themed playground. <laughs> um, and the shop at the winery, you can buy other things, not just wine, but you can buy produce and other um, things that are created in the area. Um, also, you can buy grapes. 
um, and they have a soft serve, a great soft serve you can try, which I kind of find it interesting that wherever you go in Japan, it seems that they have a soft serve with the flavor from that region. Like in Mikura Dake. They had a grape one, but they also had a wine one. A oh, wine did they? ice cream. Oh, yeah, did yeah. You, did I you mean, try every, it? everything in that park. And I love that outdoor market that you mentioned. They've got a, it's like an open farmer's market. They've got a local bakery there, which is really yes. good quality. Um, so there is right in that same area. So you can just walk around to the museum and the park and the winery. I thought yeah. it was pretty, it's pretty good. Nice. It's not too bad. And uh, it was a nice day trip or half day trip for sure. Yeah. Miyoshi also has um, a really nice park uh, during like Hanami season. It's got so many sakura trees there and beautiful view of the mountains with kind of an observation tower. So you can go up and look out over the trees. So you're kind of on top of them, looking down at them which is really beautiful. So Miyoshi in the spring is lovely and they have a lot of rapeseed flowers as well. So by the big bridge that's in Miyoshi, that whole area turns into this like rapeseed field, which is just beautiful. So love Miyoshi. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have any of your Miyoshi Sakura pictures, but uh, since we talked about Onomichi, here's one of yours from Onomichi. It's just oh, right. gorgeous. You, you take such beautiful cherry blossom photos, and I think that's hard to do because it's such a white, like off-white, very light pink color. It's just, mm. it seems like it would be easy, but once you actually try, it just, I don't know, it's its too you much know, of one color usually, but your, your pictures are gorgeous. Thank you. I must say that when I first came to Japan, I had heard about Sakura and I had images of a really pink flower for some reason. Where I lived in Canada, we didn't have any Sakura. So I thought it would be really pink. And I was kind of disappointed <laughs> that it wasn't. But the longer I stayed and the, the more I just seemed to appreciate the delicateness of it and, well, I guess the fleetingness of it as well. Um, but yeah, I, I love that season. So try to capture it. Well, speaking of flowers, uh, should we talk about Sera? Oh, yeah. So Sera is a great mm -hmm. place for families. And it looks like you've been there a few times. No, actually only once. Really? Um, yeah, last year was our first time going. And um, it had been on my list for a couple of years, but the year before it was closed, they cut all the tulips down because of COVID, um, which I thought was a shame. I don't know if they, what they did with them, but um, anyway, so it was open last year and I would highly recommend going during this season and even waiting until the late entry. Uh, it's open until seven o'clock. So we went there at five o'clock um, and everybody was leaving at five o'clock. So we kind of had the, the place to ourselves. So that's that's like a, a good thing to look for. Like with the art gallery in Miyoshi, the hours are until nine at the full moon. With this place during the tulip season, the hours are until seven. So kind of checking on those things and looking for times when places are least frequented, I think. Um, if, if you're interested in taking photos and not being in crowds is a good thing to do. But oh, yeah, 
Always, always good to avoid crowds. I think especially now that we're going back into travel and doing more activities um, after COVID, we still have to be careful for a long time. You, You have a beautiful muse in all of your photos. And I want to know as a mother, how do you get her to pose so beautifully? She's amazing model. Well, <laughs> the one with her skipping down the tulip fields, that's because it's a long drive to Sierra. <laughs> and I told her just, you know, just go, just enjoy, like run down there, get some exercise. <laughs> and so she just went off and she was skipping through the fields. And luckily there weren't crowds. It was after five. And then other times, actually that day, um, that day, my goal was actually to take pictures of Yasmin. So every, I guess, year, you know, I want to kind of capture her at that age. So she actually said that she would pose for me. Oh, <laughs> it was like awesome. a present. <laughs> yeah. uh, Kyle, Kyle's commented from YouTube, wow, I lived in Holland, Michigan, and your pictures are outstanding. Oh, nice. thank Thanks, you, Kyle. Kyle. Thank you. My family is from Holland. My father was born in Holland. Yeah, so one day I hope to, yeah, someday I hope to get there to see tulip fields. Now there is in Japan, there is House Tenbosch in Nagasaki, which is kind of a Holland theme amusement park. Um, but I, I've been there and I think these tulips in Seda are actually more beautiful than what they have there. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, it's nice. You can actually um, dig up some bulbs and bring them home to plant as well. Oh, Unfortunately, we don't have a garden, so we, yeah. we didn't. Um, well, that's a nice idea, them. though, because it is a very nice idea. you're supposed to take them out of the ground in every winter and put them back right. in the spring, right? Um, oh. I do have bulbs that I've never taken out of the ground. So every now and again, I get a surprise that they come back, but yeah, I'm not very good at that. Now, along the way, you found this amazing bridge, the longest bridge. It's It's the longest pedestrian suspension bridge or something in the world. And yeah, we were just, we just happened upon it. And it's pretty cool. Like they've got um, a plaque that shows the Guinness World Record, um, that they're the Guinness World Record holder and gives information about the bridge. So that is also in Sierra. And this area, um, at that time of year when the tulips are in bloom, they also have a lot of wisteria. So we found parks on the side of the road, just kind of little parks with uh, wisteria growing all over um, like the the lattices and and structures they had built for it. And uh, as I told you, my goal was a photo shoot that day. So did more of that. But there's also, we found a great campground nearby very close to that bridge there's a wonderful campground so hoping to go back there and uh camp we do do a lot of camping so i guess that kind of you know goes with the idea of staying in a place for longer so try to go someplace set up camp for a couple of days and then spend a lot of time in that area just looking around and and exploring Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I was talking about Yamaguchi with Alison Miyake yesterday, and we talked about Oshima and Suo Oshima. And I know that you've yeah. done some camping around that area too, right? Yes. Yeah, beautiful. I listened to a bit of that talk yesterday too. 
Um, oh, it was really yeah, fun. I, and she walked yeah, us around the market at the end. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. yeah. And, and when I heard that, I heard her talking about the market and I thought, oh, I have to get there. Yeah. And there's another, yeah. There's another market she was, I missed that, but I'll go back and watch. But there was another market she was talking about that's held monthly with lots of Japanese products or something yeah, like that. That's, that's in her beach town of Hikari. Oh, so if yeah. anybody's interested in, in those highlights, definitely rewatch the, the talk from yesterday uh, focused on Yamaguchi. Uh, mm -hmm. Let's go to one of, I think, Hiroshima's more famous places, but uh, it's an island and you can definitely walk around with lots of space. Is Okunoshima, Rabbit Island. So you mm -hmm. went to Takehara, which is nearby, and yes. Rabbit Island. Probably Together. in the same day, right? Yeah. So it's on the way. So we stopped. Um, we stopped in Takehara. There's a great restaurant with a bunch of older ladies, some obasans who cook delicious um, Japanese food. And there's lots of vegetarian options. So we stopped there for lunch. We visited Takehara um, and went to, yeah, Rabbit Island, which is a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to spend time there. There's also an onsen, so you can take a, a bath before you come home, which is nice. Um, yeah, Takehara, Takehara is lovely. They have a lantern festival in Takehara, which we went to a couple of years ago. And I'm looking forward to when COVID ends and, you know, hopefully being able to go see that lantern festival again because it's just beautiful it's a lot of lanterns carved from bamboo and they're all around the entire town there's sculptures and um whatnot that are illuminated as well all the streets of takehara the old town are part of that festival and they're all illuminated it's gorgeous but yeah feeding the bunnies is lots of fun <laughs> so we brought some um greens for them i think it may be carrots too and that's a picture of Yasmin feeding the um, the bunnies. So cute. Uh, they've yeah. started to offer, uh, if people do want to feed the rabbits, that they do have rabbit food that they encourage you to use and feed them. Um, did the Actually, rabbits yeah. look healthy when you were there? Well, they did. And come to think of it, that was our second visit. And the first visit is when we brought the greens and carrots. And the second visit, we bought the rabbit food. Yeah, yes. I think I so, think they're trying, and this is this is something I talked um, to the Japan Trail Cam crew yeah. about. Is it's it's probably better to just stick to what's more natural for them instead of what people bring in. Because years right. ago when I went, I did see people giving the rabbits barbecue meat. Come oh. on, these are vegetarian animals. Oh, Don't do that. Yeah. Um, so having that as part of the infrastructure where they give this kind of food is okay. Please use this. And I think it's in a packet, like a paper packet. And they said, please bring the packet back. So that reduces right. waste as oh, well. So that good. was really yeah. nice to see. Yeah. Yeah. That is a really good move. I'm glad they're doing that. And yeah, because I do know like in Canada, you, most people know that like you don't feed birds, like ducks, bread, um, you just don't feed wild animals in Canada. And these, I don't know if these rabbits, I, I guess they're wild. They are wild. They're living on the island without, but they really do, I think. Do they rely on people for food? There are just I, so many of them. 
it's it's a bit unclear but it sounds like there is a group of uh, volunteers who go around and give them water dishes and food make sure they all look okay and to keep an eye on them uh there was a local museum there where you can go and learn about the rabbits there's also uh different facilities from the wartime because it was an island yes. that was making yeah. poison gas right so we have had a interview in the series with a documentary filmmaker who made a documentary about the people who were forced to work there as children making oh. poison gas so it has a really dark history yeah. um but it's now known as rabbit island so it's kind of interesting to walk around the wartime stuff and see the bunnies and and like you said there's a restaurant and an onsen there mm -hmm. as well as a place to stay if you wanted yes it's an interesting interesting place yeah for sure. And All right. Yeah. Becoming more popular. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. It's it's always it's something that uh, you often see like Rabbit Island, Japan, and people don't realize it's in Hiroshima. Like they don't know where it is, right? Right. <laughs> so it's it's kind of nice to always mention, hey, that's in Hiroshima. Come to mm -hmm. Hiroshima and go see Rabbit Island. And then Takehara, which is really nearby, is really cool old classic town as well. Yeah, now, it's beautiful. I love walking around there. Yeah. Oh, that's you, so went, you went to the Iwami Silver Mine, which is yes. a UNESCO Heritage uh, Protected Site. Tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, that was a big surprise. Um, I actually, a coworker recommended that place to me. He said he went there for the afternoon and was saying there's lots of little shops and cafes. And it was just wonderful. It was a big surprise for us. Um, there, the whole area is beautiful like you just park your car and you walk through the streets so there's no um traffic i don't think uh maybe the people who live there are allowed to bring their cars in but i don't think you're allowed to drive through the streets of omori um so it's really really lovely and uh there's lots of shops and cafes unfortunately when we went only about half were open um but we did we did go to one oh look at the vending machine aren't they great i i never buy things from vending machines but i think it's kind of cool that it's encased in wood so it fits into the surrounding area and it looks more i natural. wish i wish we'd see more of that <laughs> i love that idea um in fact like let's get solar panels on the roof and stop using the grid electricity right let's make like a natural theme vending machine and put yeah. reusable bottles in there or you know what revolutionary idea to not exactly. create waste from a vending machine yeah. i've got lots of ideas vending oh machine companies please contact me <laughs> i think they should yeah because just thinking about how many there are in japan i'm sure there's more vending machines in japan than there is anywhere else in the world and you know thinking about how much energy they must use to keep those drinks cold right so yeah why aren't they using solar for that I have seen crazy. a very few with a few solar panels on, but that should be standard, you know? Yeah. That seems seems like a no-brainer to me. Yeah, it does. Yeah. But yes, this is a, a lovely town to go for a stroll. There's several um, museums there. You can go into old merchants, uh, old houses that belong to merchants. Um, it's It's beautiful. It's a beautiful area. And after you stroll through the town, there's, um, you can actually walk all the way to the mine. Um, it's quite a long walk, maybe an hour or so, but on the way there, um, 
there is one one stop, I believe. There's one kind of little tea house where you can stop for sweets or whatever. Um, and that area, the, the path, there's loads of trees and flowers. And it's a really lovely walk just to get to the mine. Um, so that's kind of nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great place to spend a day. It looks really, and I don't, I'm not sure I've been there. Paul, Paul would be shaking his head now saying I've been there, um, but I'm the driver. So he always yeah. knows where we've been and I just enjoy, <laughs> I just enjoy being there. Uh, let's, let's talk about the gorges. So Hiroshima has two famous gorges, Sandankyo and Taishakyo. Yeah. Now, we want to have gorgeous photos from both of them. Should we start with Sandankyo? Yeah, I mean, San Dankio is so wonderful, and it's the perfect place to go, well, I guess any season, but um, it is, everybody knows it for fall, everybody seems to go there in the fall, but we went in the summer, and, or maybe it was spring, yeah, it was spring, so we're wearing pants, and it was just beautiful, it's got that new green, that freshness, so, you know, fall's not the only season to visit there, definitely um, check it out, other seasons, it was so green and lush, and there's so much water, and it's a short, easy walk, um, one of the walks, so there's several walks you can do, but this one was a short, easy one to the waterfall, so it only took about an hour to get to the waterfall from there, um which is beautiful there's another hike you can do which brings you like uh to more to the river um well it, uh, the river goes all through but it brings you to an area where you can catch a boat which is pretty cool so you can ring a bell and a boat will come get you and bring you to a restaurant that serves pretty basic things like just salmon and onigiri, but it's a really nice experience. I think we um, we ate, of, we ate there because it was busy, and so there were a lot of people waiting for the boats, and we were starving. So we said, "Oh, we'll just eat some udon here," and it it wasn't bad. But the thing that really made it special because it was pretty basic food, but the view yeah. of the gorge over the counter while you're eating that was pretty special. Yes. And the boat ride as well is pretty special because it's yeah, yeah. it's not a motorboat or anything. It's a boat and a guy with a long stick who's bringing you through. <laughs> so that's nice. But we didn't do that this trip. But yes, um, I've seen pictures of it in winter as well. We covered with snow and that looks oh, beautiful. Yeah. Hopefully we can get there this winter. I yeah. mean, what happens oh. sometimes with Sandankyo is they have a landslide, uh, so the path is washed out. So sometimes it is closed and you can't walk through. But if it is open, it's such a special place and it's so calm and peaceful. Now, I think yeah. Taishakyo is another very special place that you've yes. been to, especially in autumn. Oh, my gosh, it's so beautiful. Oh, it's so beautiful in autumn. And... <laughs> We, um, when we got there, we went and had some lunch and then we kind of followed the crowds uh, to walk where we walked to this bridge. And then the, the path kind of ended and it was more like a trail into the forest and we hadn't seen the, the gorge, like the main area of the gorge yet. So we thought like, okay, let's just take this forest path maybe because it did direct us to go that way. But suddenly there were no people around. There was no one else taking that path. So I think the parking lot that we went to was mainly just for the little restaurants and the short walk to the bridge. So we wanted to, the red bridge that you were showing, this is a natural bridge now. So that's a natural stone bridge. 
it's quite amazing. So we hadn't gotten to that area and um, we decided to follow this trail. Well, we were in this forest for, I don't know, an hour before we came upon a farmer who kind of told us the directions on how to go. So we were kind of lost, but we did end up making it back to the trail that brought us to, to this area. So there's another parking lot and you can walk to this natural bridge from there, which only takes about 40 minutes, maybe 30 minutes even. Um, so our whole walk was like maybe four hours. <laughs> Whereas I think most people do the 20 minutes and the 30 minutes and that's it. But it turned out to be a great adventure and it was beautiful being in the forest. And actually when we were up in the mountains, we saw a shiitake farm, which was pretty cool because I hadn't seen that before. Like we're all the, the wood. Yes, right there. So that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. 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 And yeah, uh, such, such a there. special place. I think we went one year um, at autumn and we took our family photo there in front oh. of that, that natural rock bridge. It's I'm, just oh, it's such nice. a special place. Yeah. Yeah. That bridge was actually really used for people and livestock to cross. Wild. Like, it's quite amazing. Like it was a real, you know, it was like a, a natural bridge, but also functional for people in that area. And then finding shiitake farm, that's special. I love shiitake. That's the vegan's meat, right? Like we always look for shiitake. And the shiitake recently are so big that I've been grilling them and making like portobello sandwiches out of them. Oh, so nice. I would love to see this in a restaurant. Just simply grill this beautiful big shiitake mushroom, put it in a sandwich. Wow. Any vegan is going to love that. Or on top of rice, right? Make it gluten-free. Yeah. Yeah, I went to a restaurant on the weekend where they um, took a dish that's typically fish and they put the shiitake in instead. And it was so good. It was ah, delicious. Amazing. Mm. So, yeah, All right. Now, oh, yeah, we could talk about food forever, I think. Yes. Uh, let's. Okay. We would be remiss to talk about uh, sustainable travel in Hiroshima without talking about Shimanami. Now, me and you had the chance together, which is so awesome, to mm -hmm. go on a, a guide to our training of the Shimanami Kaido a little bit. And here's your your photos from the area. Have you been back as a family? Um, have we been back? It no. looks like you've got Ikuchi. So you've been to Satoda, which yeah, is, you've not, got Sunset Beach since, pictures, I think. Yeah, it's such a beautiful since, area. Like, not since we went on that trip. We haven't been in that area since then. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's I mean, it's always on my list. That's going to be permanently there forever. And my daughter started biking, I guess two years ago now. And my goal for her is, <laughs> my goal for her, I don't know if it's her goal, but is that we can actually do those bridges together as a family. I really want to do that trip. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, and actually make it, like, I know you can go through it pretty quick, but it's kind of my dream to actually spend like four, four or five days doing that and to really spend a lot of time on each island. So, Hopefully that's something we can do maybe next summer. 
Yeah, I think if you're if you're an individual traveler, if you're a family, if you're a couple, I can't think of anybody who wouldn't enjoy a little bit of cycling around the Shimanami Kaido. Yeah. And we we talked about Onomichi. Most people go to Onomichi by train and then start there. Um, it's just it's a fantastic area. It's really easy to get around. If you get tired of cycling, you can ask uh, one of the local cafes or guides to pick you up in their van and take you to a hotel. You can walk around. Uh, you could drive around like you could take ferries around. There's yeah. a lot of access like for a variety of activities, right? Definitely. And there's something really there for everyone. Like, I mean, there's breweries, there's beautiful views, there's museums, there's temples and shrines, right? It's really got everything. I mean, there, there's local workshops, right? Where you can learn how to make like certain aroma oils or leather goods or, right? Like there's lots of interesting things to do. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Uh, let's let's go to Jaguiwa that you've mentioned because I don't know if I've been there. It looks really interesting. Oh. Beautiful place to swim. This is gorgeous. I love 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 this place. It's um a place that we often go and we'll just spend the day there. Um, it can get really busy in the hot summer months, so we usually try to go there in the spring or in the fall on hot days. But um, it's a natural place. Um, it's really beautiful. It's kind of um, it's kind of easy to miss. There's only five parking spots on the side of the road. There is a sign in Japanese only. Um, so it's a, it's a bit of a challenge to get there. Um, I, I don't know really how to describe getting there, um, but I could put it on a map. If anybody ever wants to know, I could show them on a map where it is. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a great place. The last time we went um, was after the heavy rains that we had, and it was impossible to swim. Like all of that rock was completely covered. And I had never seen it like that before. So usually there's places you can sit and, you know, have a picnic or whatever, and then just jump into the water. But after the rain, it was completely, the whole area was, was just like a river, a rushing big river. But the wow. color of the water is stunning. So beautiful. Yeah, mm -hmm. it looks like a, a great place. But yeah, depending on how much rain they've had, um, yeah. We've got oh, seven more minutes. It's sorry, it's really close to Otake. Oh, okay. So oh, good. when we go to Mikuradake, we often stop there for a swim. Yeah, that's oh, that's and a good. great, a great um, Indian restaurant is near there, and a Pali oh, restaurant, very close, like five minutes from there. And that restaurant sits on um, like the riverbanks, so you get a lovely view of the river as well. I don't know if you've been there, but it's beautiful. No, I, I might have. Uh, we've we've been to most places around Hiroshima yeah. over the years. Um, but I, I love going back. And, you know, like like you said, you saw something on Get Hiroshima or somewhere else, and then you decided to go. I'm the same way. If I see someone's yeah. been somewhere recently, and that's why social media is so important, right, for these travel destinations or travel mm. guides to be active on social media, sharing what you see and do, because that's creating more potential visitors, especially to more sustainable activities or areas. 
Now, this is Kure. Now, Kure is only wow. an hour's drive from Hiroshima, famous for its naval history. You can go see the Yamato, uh, the remodel, the rebuilt model, smaller version of the Yamato warship. But it's kind of a cool uh, port town to wander around, famous for its curry rice and the fried cake that you found. Yeah, the fried cake. Mm, that's yummy. And there's like a nice canal near that fried cake shop where you can go eat your fried cake and there's a playground there. So yeah, it's a, it's a fun place to go. And this cake shop, I think it must be quite famous because there's always lineups there, right? It's very cheap as well, but quite tasty. Yeah, and there's a street um, with a lot of sculptures as well and an art museum. Yeah, Kude is a really lovely place to wander around. I've yeah. never been to the warship, but uh-huh well there's there's enough i think besides besides the actual warship there's a lot to see uh you don't yeah. have to be interested in military history to enjoy a trip to kude but the the naval themed goods that you'll see along the shopping street i think are really interesting mm -hmm. um there's a great coffee shop on the corner like a really old retro style one and they have a spe special blend created by a uh, submarine captains to keep up during their yeah, night shift yeah. and stuff so i've learned so much great stuff from reiko inaba who runs yeah. guiding so i walked around with her i learned so much i hope i can get her on the show because i think there's so much more to introduce for this for town sure. it's, it's really Is cool there, you know if there's any um vegetarian shop or shops that serve vegetarian curry there because we looked and looked i so wanted to try the curry from there but we couldn't find anything yeah I think Reiko yeah, is the one to ask because she was able to mm. find a vegan uh, place to eat at the beautiful beach that we went to for a cleanup. So I, I'm going to ask her because one of the things that I want to try, did you know that for each of the different branches of the Navy, they have their own recipe for the curry, for the curry wow. rice? I didn't know that. So in Kude as well, they have certain restaurants which have that recipe. And there's certain Kure local people who are kind of loyal to that one recipe. So they'll only go to certain shops with the recipe. And I just thought that was so fun. And so I'd love to try more than Kokozi Chibana. I want to try the local shops, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Hopefully we'll see, you know, more people realizing that. I mean, now that places like Tully's, right, are offering vegetarian options, maybe smaller places will start thinking about having at least one item on the menu that would appeal to people who even want to just be more health conscious, right? I hope so. Uh, we, we had Burger King with a vegan burger. They pulled that. Hopefully that's coming back. Most burger used to have a plant-based burger. They pulled that. So there's a lot of things we used to have which have gone away, but like you said, there's other chains which are bringing in new items. So it's hopefully it's on the rise, but I'm not sure. It seems to be step forward, step back kind of situation right now. Kyle has said running Buddha babies with frogs. 
Yeah, this is next to the art museum. It's really interesting little uh, combination of statues and outdoor art as well in this area, right? Yeah, and those little Buddha babies are actually running into a wall. I have no idea what that means, but there is one that's half embedded in a wall. Right? I think that's so, it's so interesting. I love yeah. that about art. And I talked about Naoshima, the art island, or the Benese company, which has so many great art installations around Kagawa and Oki Okayama area um, but it's it's so fun to see the world through an artist's eye and I think this is true Kim for you as well as an artist photographer because when I've been to the same places and I see your photos and I think was that there wow like I have to go back you know so it's been so wonderful to see all these places that I know and I've been, but see it through your eyes as a photographer. Oh, and I, I love that about artists as well. I, I absolutely love looking at pictures. I love I love being on Instagram and I love seeing what other people are taking pictures of. Because like you said, like, you know, everybody has a different perspective when they look at something. And it's so cool to see people shoot the same thing you have from a different perspective. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's our hour. I hope we gave people yeah. some insights into travel unusual in Hiroshima. We did not even talk about the top two, Miyajima and Peace Park, because we no. don't need to. Everybody so else much. is talking about that. You can find uh, out about that easy. But yes. I do still love going to Peace Park and Miyajima, of course, Me many times. <laughs> Me too. And with fall coming, I'll probably go again. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. And, but it's so nice to know, like we talked about so many other places, yeah. which are so worth spending time. So when I've you, when you come to Hiroshima, make sure that you mm. book some time here. Don't yeah. just come for a day trip or a half day trip. You want to come and you really want to spend time, right? Yes. Slow down, take a look around. There's so much to see in Hiroshima. Fabulous. Thank you so much, Kim. Thank you, everybody, for your awesome comments and questions today. And uh, tomorrow, uh, uh, tomorrow evening, we're talking with Few, the four empowering women group in Tokyo. So join us tomorrow night for that to hear about how they've been going for 40 years. So that'll wow. be interesting. Yeah. Thank you so much, Kim. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, Have a great you. day. You too. Bye.